Hello, and welcome to SaaS Marketing Insights, the show where we ask SaaS founders, CEOs, marketers, and investors about the lessons they've learned in their quest to grow their companies. My name is Paul Stevenson, and I'm founder and CEO of SaaS marketing agency, 47 Insights. On today's show, I have an interview with Dwayne Brown, founder of Take Some Risk. Hope you enjoy it. Dwayne Brown, welcome to SaaS Marketing Insights. Cool, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Paul. So uh, you're all over, uh, right over there, the sea there, miles and miles away in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that far. I tell people it's like a four-hour trip and they always think I'm crazy, but I'm like, you know, it's, it's an hour, miles. two hour ferry. It, it's far. It's far for like Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, you've not always worked in, in Canada. Are you Canadian? I guess you're Canadian. Yeah, I am Canadian. I get a question a lot. But yeah, I mean, I lived a couple of years in the UK, lived in London, and I lived in Australia for about seven months, working for one of the big telecoms down there. And Australia. I am from Toronto. Yeah, Australia. So yeah, so tell me about uh, how you got started in marketing and uh, and you know, specifically uh, SaaS marketing, because you, you've worked a lot. I know you do a range of stuff now, but you've worked a lot uh, with SaaS in the past. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's mostly because I, I went to live in the UK and there's just more opportunity to work on like tons of things um, because they have bigger budgets. And, you know, London is the gateway to Europe, much like, you know, New York, you could say it's the gateway to the rest of North America in terms of advertising and where clients spend tons of money. Um, so I worked on like a lot of SaaS-related brands, more from a consumer-focused standpoint. Um, got to work a lot on e-commerce as well. Um, and just getting a lot more international experience in like managing a team, working on things in multiple countries and in multiple languages. Um, so when we worked on ASOS, we were in, uh, we were in like 15 different countries. And we had three different languages and I was managing a team of three plus me. And just trying to like make sure everything from like what we say in America versus what we say in Canada or the UK or in Australia or in Germany or Amsterdam, any of those places were all correct and just keeping that all afloat. And so when I was done with London, because I couldn't renew my visa and I went traveling through Asia for a bit, uh, I got a job offer just to work at Unbounce for a couple of years. And then I quit that last year to start the company. Uh, and they basically took me because... Uh, they need someone with international experience. There's not tons of that in Vancouver. Um, and they've been looking for probably a year and change. And so they were, I wouldn't say wow. desperate, but they really, really wanted to find someone. Um, so uh, your, your role at Unbounce is like purely paid, purely uh, pay-per-click, or are you doing like a, a, a mix of stuff? A mix of stuff. So, I mean, most of our spend was on AdWords, but we had Bing, we had Facebook, we had Comcast, we had Display, anything remarketing related. As you can imagine, I probably had every vendor try to email me and just like, let's just chat. I'm like, no, I'm good. Excel, AdWords editor, old school, you know, a way of thinking in some ways. But like tools are not going to solve your basic problems. Your numbers aren't profitable. Well, you mean there's not a, an AI solution to all of this? Come on. Yeah, no, there's not an AI solution. <laughs> clients would be weird. If I, I sometimes tell clients, like, we need less technology if you want to be successful, not more technology. Like more people, more technology just makes everything more complicated. Um, so yeah, we just, we focused on that. We did a bit of Facebook in my last like eight months and just doing a lot more like video marketing on Facebook and trying to figure out how to grow that channel. Um, so cool. It was, yeah, it was a good experience. And so when, when did you set up, uh, take some risk? Uh, I quit my job in January last year. Um, 
you know, if you ask the government, they'd probably probably say like February 10th or something like that. Emotionally for me, it was like January 1st. I had emotionally decided that this was the way I was going to go. And I just started like focusing all my free time on just the company and like what we're going to call it and register and just all that sort of main business stuff that people don't always think about um, when they start a company. And, and so, you know, with your business being so new, and I say that because my business is pretty new as well, uh, I guess we're in a similar situation in some respects. We're just sort of like uh, uh, finding new clients and finding out uh, which clients you want to work with and which ones you really don't want to work with. Are you still working with a, a mix of clients? Do you still work with with, with SaaS clients or, uh, you know, you're doing more e-commerce or? Hmm. I mean, we have like half our clients are in e-commerce, a third are in sort of like technology, B2B, SaaS, that sort of space. Uh, then the rest are like sort of regen or other sort of odd things that are really Local. Fun, two categories. Um, and it's, it's a mix of like my network to send me stuff or we have a few partners in Toronto that send us stuff if they can't do the work. They'll send us the client directly and we just decide if we want to take it or not. Um, I mean, most clients who email us, we take on board because we usually weed them out by pricing. Like either people think we're yeah. too expensive, so they don't stick with us and that's okay. And then other people will say, yeah, you're expensive, but we get what we're paying for. And so we work with them. Yeah, so uh, we won't name names, but you and I had a conversation and I, I referred uh, someone to you. Based on the fact that, you know, I think you guys got much more e-commerce experience than I have. And, you know, I'm just working merely, you know, only with SaaS clients now. Um, and, you know, I, I knew about your ASOS experience. And I just thought, yeah, you know, that, that's a much better fit. And I'd much rather the client get uh, work with somebody who's got that kind of experience. Uh, and, you know, you can get results quicker. You've got you know, much more experience. So, you know, it's a, it's a better fit. And I think that's that's always important to, to uh, you know, try and be a bit of a matchmaker with uh, finding finding clients to, to work with the right people. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It's true. I mean, we generally say we want clients who are nice. They have, like, an interesting problem to solve. You know, like, with the client you're talking about, like, they they don't do tons of digital stuff. So the problem is, like, how do you how do you kind of start from square one, more or less? You know, other clients, they have things going, but it's not going the direction they want. You know, they have leads, they don't convert. Or they've hired three people and all those people have brought in, you know, leads or people sign up for an account, but they didn't convert into like paying customers, which I see a lot. We sometimes joke our best customers are those who've been through two or three other agencies and have been disappointed. <laughs> and it's a little bit more tougher than they, they, they would normally be because they want to make sure they find a really good fit. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we work with like all kinds of clients, which is cool. And also like the third thing is basically you, you'll pay your invoice. You know, we, we want people who pay the invoice because... We Old school, yeah. Imagine getting paid for what you do. <laughs> I know, I know. We have we have one client that fired us the other day because we were too honest. And we told them this wasn't a good idea and we weren't going to do it. Uh, then they fired us, and now they're trying to not pay their final invoice, uh, which makes me a little bit frustrated. But I told them I'm just going to keep at it. I'm going to be really annoying about it because, like, we did the work. We know we were right. Like, we don't think you should spend money to run this test that you're not going to have results in a week for. That you're asking me how it performed. I'm not going to be able to give you an answer. And then we would have wasted your time and money and my time because this wasn't a worthwhile test. Like we could have, and I suggested this to the client, like we could have run tests on ad copy or targeting or other things that were just more worthwhile than try to test a landing page when you don't have enough conversions to test that. Um, so it's unfortunate that it was a client, but I'm glad I lost the client because it stuck with my values and the things that are really important to us as just a company and organization. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I think the, the classic thing, thing there is you don't have a dog and bark yourself. If you, 
if you hire an expert to do something for you and then they give you their you know their advice their recommendation and and you don't take it and you want to sort of like control them like a puppet on a string uh you know that's frustrating for everybody and uh, you, you know they're not going to get the best service uh from from an expert in that situation yeah they won't i mean i literally said in my one of my emails like you hired us for a reason please listen to me this is this will be a waste of money and time Mm. Um, and with any client, we say we don't think this is a good idea. We always give two or three other recommendations of things they can do because we want we do want them to like test things and try things out when it makes sense, and and they'll see the outcome they want to see or they'll learn something they want to see. Um, in this case, running a test in a week is like you don't have enough traffic and you don't have enough money, um, and they just didn't really seem to believe they they didn't have enough money. I'm like, you're, you're not going to spend forty grand in the next week because like you just you're just not going to. No one I know is yeah. going to do that. ASOS yeah. wouldn't even do that if, if I told them I need to spend 40 grand next week to run a test. They're like, you're crazy, Dwayne. Mm. Um, so given the, the diversity of the clients that you're working with, um, interested in hearing you know, your view on whether you see any trends that are kind of across different industries right now uh, in terms of platforms, in terms of campaign types, in terms of... Uh, things that aren't working so well or, or what you see uh, um, happening in terms of, you know, trends or developments. So for example, uh, I don't know if you do stuff in, in Europe, but. Um, yeah, we have for a couple of clients. Yeah. 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 Whether you're seeing, um, you know, the effect that uh, the privacy law changes over there are having with campaigns or, or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, with GDPR, uh, we definitely see a drop in traffic for our clients that do stuff in Europe um, and get a good chunk of their, obviously, their business from Europe. Uh, so that's that's challenging. Like, how do we, you know, run campaigns and how do we do remarketing? And even just from, like, you know, an SEO perspective, you know, what what can and can't we capture this person's, you know, identity or trait? So there's definitely a challenge there across our clients that we do stuff in Europe for and across EMA in general. Um, I don't think GDPR is a, is a bad thing. You know, I tell most people that it's actually a good thing to give control to customers. Maybe it wasn't promoted in the best way, so people didn't know about it as fast as they should. It was the transition wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, the transition definitely wasn't great, uh, but it doesn't mean it wasn't a bad idea. No, long term it's good. Idea. Yeah, yeah, so I think there's that. I think we see a lot more clients, you know, starting out on Shopify in terms of like, you know, an e-commerce platform whether it's they want to like test out their idea works or it's just what they hear about. So, you know, Shopify, from the outside, I feel like their technique of marketing is brute force. We're just going to hire a crap ton of people and just brute force the way to the top. And uh, it seems like it's working because we more people we talk to, the more people are on Shopify versus like a WooCommerce or Magento, which are kind of the other options I think a lot of people go with in this space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think among... Our e-commerce clients, I think, more and more find it a bit more expensive to be on Facebook and a bit more challenging. There's definitely a bit more competition yeah. there, um, but that's that's okay because more competition means it'll weed out people who are not very good at Facebook. It'll just weed out really bad agencies. You know, we all talk to enough clients who worked with that you know guru special agency that just didn't deliver, or mm-hmm. even past clients who've had agencies where the only way they could drive a sale was with a sales ad or some sort of discount and. Yeah, you know, no discounts, no giveaways. Like if someone's not willing to pay full price, they're probably not a great customer. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, e-commerce. Do you do you see anything that, that it's in the kind of SaaS world uh, changing in terms of paid advertising? Uh, I don't think anything's changing majorly. I think 
it's business as usual in the sense that, you know, we obviously see Google and Facebook, they gear a lot of their stuff towards e-commerce. So it's like figure out how you're going to convert customers on, you know, AdWords and Bing, figure out if you're going to do video as part of your mix on YouTube or on Facebook um, and just really nail down the basics there. Um, for one client, we did some work with in Q1. He wanted to help like reorganizing their accounts and stuff like that and just making sure that the person internally was doing a really good job. Like we found some really good success on Yahoo. And even though I remember when we, we had three search engines, then we lost it to two search engines and now we're back to three. Uh, Yahoo was kind of a nice surprise for the client and like they've kept it running and they're happy. And it's just, even though it's not a lot of growth compared to what yeah. you get on Bing, it's incremental growth. And that's, I think that's really important. Yeah. For you realize you can't just be on one platform. No, you don't want all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, which a lot of clients do. A lot of clients, oh, we, we, we've got Google, so we're, we're good. And I'm like, well, people don't spend all their time on yeah. Google, all their time on Facebook. You need to be yeah. in a few places. And helping clients figure that out, I think, is, is the big thing right now because they don't have a limited budget. So they need to figure out how much do I spend on each platform to like get the maximum amount of people. Yeah, yeah. It's how you uh, divide the budget up. And, you know, is a, is a Facebook conversion, say, the same value as a Google one or, a, I don't know, or a Twitter or a LinkedIn or whatever? I mean, it's uh, and with SaaS in particular, I mean, people come in and trial at a certain price. But, you know, until the trial converts to paid, you don't really know what, what the value of that uh, account or customer is going to be. So it's always tricky. It is definitely always tricky. I mean, we took on a client in Australia back in back in April um, and I signed the contract like I'd been there just before I boarded a flight to go uh, to Italy just to get a conference and so I think for that client because they're based in Australia and in their SaaS obviously there's a talent shortage but for them it really is figuring out like what's the difference between when someone signs up for an account and when they convert like what's that lead time you know and is it different than what they see across other channels which right now it seems like there's about a week difference like it takes a little bit longer for someone on Google to convert which is necessarily a bad thing. We just need to keep it in mind when we, when we run any experiments and stuff like that. Yeah, um, absolutely. And also, they're smaller, so how do we compete with like the, the bigger brands in, in the space um, that have like more money and more budget and stuff like that? Yeah, how to spend that money wisely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's like there's brand campaigns, there's competitor campaigns. Um, we have some new marketing going. You know, for them, dynamic because of the content on their blog, like dynamic search ads didn't really work and but it was a, a good test to run to see if that would be worthwhile for them. Um, so we're just honing in on the basics of getting it right. Cause they've hired a couple of people in the past year and a half and they kept them saying, when we want someone internally and, you know, because we want someone internally and I, I get the logic behind that, you know, there's, there's a, yeah, yeah. well, paying them full time. It makes sense. Um, but I think now they're glad they hired me, even though it, was, it took a year of biz dev. Cause like they realized, well, we consistently have conversions the last three months and the other people got like, a couple of conversions in one month and two months of like nothing. So it's like, it's a very night and day difference on performance. So, so here's an interesting question. It's something I come across a lot. Uh, how do you deal with people who say, yeah, we just, you know, we just want you to test some stuff. We just want you to, you know, review the account. That's fine. Yeah. And if you can do that for nothing. And then, you know, what we're thinking is, yeah, we just have a, like a, a rolling monthly contract. Is that, you know, because, what I've seen and my experience is it, it takes a long time to really uh, understand and get to the bottom of what's, what's really working. Uh, and, you know, it's, it lot depends on volume and spend and all that stuff. But uh, I wonder if you come across, uh, you know, the similar kind of questions. Uh, I mean, yeah, we did it the other day. Someone referred uh, someone to us and we talked and they were like, oh, we were thinking, like, could we do something for like a few days or a few weeks? And I was like, well, that's not enough time, even with like, 
what we do on a Facebook for app install in terms of a campaign. I told them like we could do something for a month and see how it works out. I could consult and stuff for you as another option. Um, so we did have someone come up and it was like an interesting opportunity. And I'm like, well, we'll do a month. If you want to do a month's test, but we wouldn't do anything less than that. And a preferred with clients is we'll do three months and then have it just go month to month after that, just because we need to be able to like figure out like what's working and what's not. We need time to like dig into the data. For any client we bring on board, we'll like we'll audit all their systems just to make sure things are set up correctly. Because I find other agencies don't always do that and things yeah. broken. You start you start building your uh, marketing on top of some really bad conversion tracking or you know yeah. metrics is just uh, meaningless. It's uh, a nightmare. It is a nightmare. Even just like really bad Facebook pixels. Um, with the client who fired us, the other agency, I don't know what they did, but the pixel, I just couldn't get it to work. And we started with a new new pixel and we started to see results within a few mm-hmm. weeks. And it's, so it's like, well, taking someone else's work sometimes isn't always great because agencies say they do things, but they don't always do it to like your standard if you have a different yeah. standard. Yeah. 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 So I was having a conversation yesterday with uh, a fellow marketer and we were talking about, you know, that's that's the bit that clients never really want to pay you for, you know, when you when you go through and you have to fix all of this stuff and like make sure that the conversion tracking is working uh, thoroughly and uh, you know all the w- weird things that you can have happen with tag manager uh, and checking that stuff it's really time consuming but like no one ever wants to pay for it that's that stuff that's just part of the deal that you've got to do uh, so that you can you know build your campaigns on something that's solid yeah I mean we really enjoy doing that stuff that audit and stuff I think it's good to kind of get an understanding of what's going on and clients uh, Clients so it's part of the discovery as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's part of the discovery, and it's good. It leads to a good way to ask questions. Um, and we've had people who have us just to do audits and stuff like that, which we enjoy, like audit, you know, AdWords, GA, GTM, all of those, one of those accounts, um, which we'll do as well. And we'll audit something for, for our flat fee rate. Um, but we've never started engagement without doing an audit. Like if someone said we wanted to start tomorrow and, and launch campaigns, I'm like, well, well no, I need to audit something yeah. to make sure things are set up correctly. Um, and I quite frankly rather lose a client because they really want me to start tomorrow and I can't because if I start and those things are broken, I'm just going to fail. Absolutely. Yeah. It, and also it shows a lack of like serious intent or, or, or commitment. Uh, you know, if you were just like, yeah, we've got this all in place, just start, you know, just, just, just make it better and cheaper. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we tell clients like if everything is up correctly, I could probably do this all in half a day and check it really quickly, but if things are broken, well, that's going to take longer, yeah. but I'd rather spend half a day and just double check and always wonder if something's broken. Cool. So, so you're, you're in, a, I think you guys are hiring at the moment. Is that right? Yeah. We're trying to find like a technical SEO person. And then we're trying to find um, like a paid manager to help me out with some like, Google shopping stuff and Bing shopping stuff um, in a few other areas. And so much like Australia, like it's tight to find really qualified people in Vancouver that have got really good experience. The experience that's also like beyond them spending their whole life in Vancouver, like they put somewhere else or they were born somewhere else and they moved here is okay, but there's a lot of people who just only ever lived and done marketing in Vancouver, and it doesn't give them enough perspective of, like, what's out there. And also the budgets for campaigns in Vancouver are pretty small compared to, like, what you'd get in New York or Toronto or London. Mm. Um, so it's been a challenge just to find someone with, like, really, really good experience who's done more than, like, you know, some basic stuff. So have you thought about sort of growing your own talent, or, you know, or is that just too time-consuming at this stage? Uh, it's time consuming. It takes a lot of work and I would already be working more as than I currently am, which is just, uh, <laughs> the whole lot, yeah, the whole point really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like our goal is to find someone's five years of experience, you know, the idea where they've worked probably a couple of places. I mean, if they only worked one place, you know, we'll chat with them definitely. 
mm. um, and grow them from there. I mean, someone had like three or four years experience, I'll probably definitely chat with them. But if you only have like one or two, you're gonna need a lot more training. We just don't have the resources to do that. Mm. Um, and one of our pitches to clients as well is like, we only hire senior people, right? We only have people who've got a good set of experience and then we bring them in and we show them how we do things and sort of help them scale up their skills and their ability. Um, mm. Clients come to us with, with high expectations sometimes. Yeah, yeah, because I think we've had a conversation before and uh, you've alluded to the fact that, you know, your um, your cost structure or whatever or, or, you know, your billing structure isn't really, uh, you know, uh, straightforward or it's, or it's not the industry norm. Uh, and so, you know, you're effectively pitching yourself as a, as a, as a premium service and you want premium clients. Uh, and so, yeah, that's part of your, your uh, package, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like, we do definitely build differently. I mean, we do a monthly strategy fee with clients, and then we do a 10% of spend of anything we directly manage. Um, you know, I often tell clients, we're not expensive, but we're not the cheapest in town either. We're somewhere in the mushy middle. I could find a dozen people that are probably more expensive. I could find a thousand people that are cheaper, but you get what you pay for at the end of the day. And if you want junior people in your account, go with the cheaper agency. That's totally cool. You want someone with a bit more experience who will give you a bit more time of day and doesn't need to take on... 20 30 clients then you come to us because at any time we'll have you know six to eight maybe if i hire this next person we'll go up to 12 clients mm. you know some are long term some are project based i don't know what it is but we wouldn't go above that because we don't we don't need to right we don't need to scale up and hire tons of people we don't need to have a huge office those are what got the ogilvy's and the dbb's and the you know i prospects in the trouble because now they're they have to take everything basically at, at their scale yeah yeah yeah, so I mean that is uh, an so so what you're saying is uh, take some risks is it's small but beautiful. Yeah, small but beautiful. It is small <laughs> but beautiful. You know, and we're attentive. We care. Yeah, and just handful of clients, so you get a better service, and uh, uh, and everybody gets to deal with you. Yeah, everyone gets to deal with me and, and the team. I'm trying to like build around me to just make me better because I can't I can't do everything, which is why I want to hire a technical SEO person full time. Uh, we have someone part-time right now. We want to find someone who wants to go full-time um, just because we have demand and clients are like, well, you do this with paid, you know, what can you do with, you know, technical SEO or SEO in general? Um, and I'm like, well, let me show you what we can do. And well, we've got two <laughs> clients. We're doing it for now. And so we just want to like get more of that and help more clients uh, do the right things to get them to where they want to go. Great. So what do you think? Um, this is my final question. Uh, no what do you think? take some risk looks like in three years time or five years time how, can, how big can you get and still be small you know i think that's a really hard question i would be happy if there was like a dozen of us you know maybe eight of us somewhere between those two numbers and we had like a handful of clients um depending on like i guess if everyone was in vancouver maybe we'd have our own small office mm. um and then the idea i've been toying with because i think there's a need in vancouver and even on like the island is doing kind of like a general assembly red academy brain station type thing but only focus on like data and analytics and so like we'd have that sort of education open space in the other half of the space to like basically bring in more revenue stream for the company in different ways and, mm -hmm. and we like to teach and educate in general like i've spoken at five conferences in the last five days and i've got two more committed for the year um so a way to teach more clients the local market because there's some clients here that i love to work for and brands i'd love to work on um, but I also know they only want to hire me full time. So like, this seems like a good way to like connect with those people and, and get to work with them, but in a non, non official capacity, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, it sounds like, uh, you're doing some fantastic work all the way over there in Vancouver. 
<laughs> um, I should pop over and we should uh, have a, a face-to-face a coffee uh, chat at some point. But uh, alas, not. Uh, it's it's not going to be today. <laughs> no, it's not going to be today. But yeah, totally come, Paul. Hang out. We can like grab food or something like that. Go for lunch. I mean, I don't drink cool. coffee, but like I do just drink juice and ginger beer and stuff like that. Okay, well, we can do that. Uh, Dwayne, thank you very much for your time. It was really great to. Uh, do you know you're the first uh, person that I've done on this podcast with Zoom, and uh, also you're the first fellow uh, PPC guy. Uh, that I've spoken to uh, and you know you don't know what you don't know until you speak to somebody else so thank you very much Uh, I thought it was really uh, insightful cool thanks for having me appreciate it Paul no worries take it easy I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dwayne for more info on take some risk please visit www.takesomerisk.com for more info about this show and to get our links to iTunes Google Play SoundCloud Stitcher and YouTube, check out www.47insights.com. And if you have any SaaS marketing insights that you'd like to share on the show, please get in touch. Until next time.